7 Minute Sermon, a podcast from Reverend George Pink. Charles III has just been crowned sovereign. He is our king. The Bible tells the story of a different king. And the whole of the Christian life is about allegiance to this king. The story of the king goes right back to the beginning of the Bible. So we're talking the opening lines of Genesis. Bishop Robert Barron explains it this way. He says, In the beginning, God creates a world of stunning beauty. He makes human beings in his own image and likeness. And he gives them the job of looking after it. You might say of ruling over it. It's interesting that the ancient rabbis saw Adam as the first king. And so then original sin can be seen as a failure in kingship. It would be fair to say that what follows that initial mistake is a little bit messy. The not-so-nice stuff in the Old Testament is what happens when you have bad kingship. Sure, there are some very high points, there's some good stuff that happens, but at the same time it's the somewhat depressing story of failed leadership, of bad kingship. So we begin to see a longing for God himself to be king, to come and sort things out. And we see this particularly clearly in some of the Psalms. Now, ruling the world in this way is something God could surely do. It would be well within his capabilities if he is God. But the thing is, it seems he wants to include us humans in the plan. And so we hear of a Messiah being prophesied. And we learn that this Messiah will come from the family of King David. Take a listen to these words from Ezekiel 34. I will give you a shepherd from the family of my servant, King David. All of you, both strong and weak, will have the same shepherd, and he will take good care of you. He will be your leader, and I will be your God. I, the Lord, have spoken. So we are seeing the two kingships come together. This son of David will also be the son of God. He will be an earthly king, yes, but he'll also be the heavenly king come to earth. And that's why Christmas is such a big deal. Because at Christmas time, we look at the baby in the manger and we see that this is no ordinary child. This is the one of whom the prophets spoke. Yes, it's a human child, but it's also God himself dwelling among his people. That's why we sing Noel, Noel, born is the king of Israel. The people of ancient Israel had longed for the Messiah and they had yearned for God to be king. The child born in Bethlehem was the fulfillment of that promise. Fully human and fully divine, this was God himself come to dwell among his people. The king had arrived. But of course our faith doesn't stop with the Christmas story. Because the baby does not stay a baby. He grows up. He becomes a boy and then a man. And when he begins his preaching career, he says this. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom is at hand. Jesus is talking about the kingdom. This is the king. Now, if we skip ahead to the story of the first Easter, we see that he dies on a Roman cross. And as he hangs on that cross, there is a sign above him which says that this is the king of the Jews. And a criminal crucified alongside Jesus 
asked to be remembered in his kingdom. But again, the story does not stop there. We know that the cross is not the end of it. Because on the third day, he rises from death. The king lives again. What had looked like defeat is actually the ultimate victory. Death itself is conquered. I referred to Bishop Robert Barron earlier because he tells this story of the king really well. And he explains that the first Christians went about telling the world this good news of the king's victory. Sometimes this got them in a whole lot of trouble. The culture which surrounded them said that Caesar was Lord, but they said, no, no, Jesus is Lord. Christ is king. They had seen that the love of God was stronger than even the powers of darkness. It was stronger than even the worst, the most final thing, death itself. They knew from the resurrection that the true king had won the victory. But again, the story about a king does not stop there. Because Christians believe that one day the king will come back. And we believe this because it's what Jesus himself said would happen. When he walked the earth, he often referred to himself as the Son of Man. And in Matthew 25, he says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. So Jesus talks about the Son of Man returning in glory and sitting on his glorious throne. And in that passage, he actually goes on to refer to himself as the King. So Christ will return. Forget Lord of the Rings, this will be the real return of the King. And so we look forward in hope to the return of Christ and to the time when his kingdom will fully arrive. One day everything will be as it really should. Everything will be made right when the king comes back. But it's obviously not that way right now. We find ourselves living in an in-between time. And so we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. And while we wait and we pray for the coming of the kingdom, We work for the kingdom. We live for the king. To be a Christian is really to recognize Christ as king. To follow Jesus is to acknowledge his sovereignty, both as the king of the whole world and as the Lord of our own lives. In Westminster Abbey in London, Charles III was recently crowned king. He is our sovereign. But the Bible tells the story of a different king. And if we consider ourselves Christians, then the whole of our lives is about allegiance to him. To be a Christian is to live for the king. Thanks for listening to the 7-Minute Sermon with Reverend George Pink. Subscribe in any podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode.